Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. How are you, Dave? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Just barely. Excellent. Well, I, I think this topic will buoy your spirits. Obviously, New York is home to uh, now hundreds of bars, it seems. Thousands, thousands of bars. bars. Thousands of bars. At least that you and I visit, let alone all the well, other ones. Well, I'm probably good for hundreds, but right. <laughs> uh, thousands, thousands would be a stretch. I would if I could. <laughs> but it is funny because some of our favorite bars in New York have been around for hundreds of years, right? I mean, they go back, you know. Yeah, at least a century and a half and more. Right. I mean, you it's. Know, and, uh, I mean, for a city where it's amazing if you make one anniversary or two anniversaries, I mean, so many places are, you know, go out, you know, once they're. Yeah, you know, New York is not kind to second, its history. No, or. You know, once your first lease runs out, you're never going to get that second yeah. lease. And, yep. you know, it's, you know, hopefully it's a 30-year lease, but it's more likely these days to be much less than that. Yeah, and we lose a lot of old bars oh uh, as a result. Uh, but there are a few survivors, yeah. thank God. It, Mostly be, people who've, who uh, were either financially lucky or very, very smart and at some point bought the building. Yeah. That is the rule number one in New York real yeah. estate, and you, buy the building. And you get these, like, you know, holdouts in between usually, yeah. you know, surrounded by skyscrapers and, you know, or all types of developments. And there's this one holdout there. Yeah. I mean, I Like, there, there's one holdout down in uh, Tribeca. Tribeca is the fanciest neighborhood in Manhattan, probably. <laughs> triangle below, triangle yeah. below Canal Street, right? It's a very rich neighborhood. Totally invented by real estate people. Yeah, and uh, full of... Uh, you know, Robert De Niro and people like that. Oh, yeah. And yet among all this uh, very quiet, uh, very extreme wealth is the Nancy Whiskey. Oh, yeah. Which is the diviest goddamn <laughs> bar. Uh, one of the diviest bars in Manhattan and uh, a really a, a rough-edged drinking person's drinking bar. You oh, know? for sure. And uh, no, no frills, no fancy. If you go in there, you're going to end up talking to some person who uh, <laughs> might have had four too many drinks by two sure. o'clock in the afternoon sure. and is sure. Uh, sure. on about some goddamn thing. Right, exactly. And they will talk to you and you better be ready for that. And, and that person just might be you on the, yeah. a certain day. <laughs> yeah. you never, it might be me, that's right. Sure. You could be yeah. one of those two people the yeah. other day. Yeah, yeah. There is certainly a few different old bars either in Tribeca or near, like, yeah. I mean, it's also some of the oldest parts of the city. You know, the New York starts obviously right at the harbor, right? And then, yeah. like, you know, and I mean, obviously the it first. Creeps up. Yeah, there. exactly. The first settlements are literally right there. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you creep up, and then the rich people keep basically moving north and further north and further north as yeah, the city kind of starts like, stretches uh, out. You know, like a, a, a snake shedding its skin. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, you know, the. What used to be rich parts of the city turn into like, you know, slums and yep. you have this constant reinvention. At the same time, Manhattan, since it was a colony, people are always extending the tip further and further out with landfill, whether yep. it's ships, which is why we always have like First Street, Water Street, you know, like yeah, all these. Yeah, it's like, like that's wait, not first anymore. Wait, wait, right, exactly. Yeah. Why does this come after this one? Yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. aren't we already at yeah, the New uh, Street? Right, exactly. It's like, how, how did this street get to be new? <laughs> hmm. And that and that continues, I mean, for, for decades. I mean, we see like, oh, yeah. you know, when the original World Trade Center was built, 
all the buildings that are flat and they take that right and then they build battery park city that's the rubble i think is dumped into the hudson yep. and for for a while there it was like uh, this uh, a beach there right <laughs> you know? exactly an artificial beach made out of old old houses and stuff you and i have lived in this crazy city for a long time and it's i mean there's always been an amazing churn in new york oh yeah literally since you know, Peter Stuyvesant's cave. Oh, since but the, like, be- the beginning. I mean, the earliest bars in New York, you know, we've got notes about like this tavern here and right. that tavern there. There were there were a few uh, downtown. There was a Shakespeare tavern. There, huh. were, there were a bunch of others. Yeah. And they're all long gone, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of them made it into the 19th century. Right. Some of the really old ones from the... Uh, Pre-British days, uh, from wow. from the British yeah. days, rather, uh, the Dutch the Dutch ones, uh, I think, made it maybe into the 18th century. Yeah. Usually, bars, even the oldest bars, only last about a hundred years here. Right. If you can beat a hundred years, <laughs> you're you're really you're really doing something. The real estate in New York is just like a lawnmower. You know, it just goes over the old neighborhoods exactly. and just trims down everything over uh, and over cut, again. You know, over and over again. Or you're able to go like subterranean, like. Yeah. Uh, What's that one? Oh, Faf's. Faf's. Yeah, then the cellar. Right, which yeah. is, you know, which maybe... Which lasted a... maybe 40 years. You know, that was yeah. a good long time. That's a good one, yeah. It was a bohemian bar on Fifth Avenue. Uh, yeah. Where... Uh, Walt Whitman, I think. Is yeah, it? Walt Whitman, Edgar Allan Poe, and Jerry Thomas, the famous bartender, right. all hung out there. It's still, like, in some, you know, it keeps sort of reinventing itself, like, in some... People still use the name for some of those yeah. cellars around there. Yeah. It's true. I don't know if it's actually the right cellar. No, but it's, it's, it's a different cellar, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's nearby. Cellar, it's right. nearby. At so, least at the same longitude and latitude. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, at the same level. Blocks. Yeah, you under know. the road. You know, yeah, same elevation. Hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's too funny. But in a lot of those original bars, you know, at least if you go by, you know, some of you know novels and other nonfiction books, you know, people are eating oysters and. You yeah, know, there were a lot of oyster saloons. Oyster saloons where, I mean, New York was famous, dude, all these oyster beds before yeah, they yeah. were overfished. Mean, and there was Sandy Welch's Oyster Saloon on uh, Lower Broadway, which was uh, hugely popular, famous right. in New York from around 1830 up into the 1850s until Sandy Welch uh, took the pledge and became a prohibitionist oh. or a temperance uh, person. But but it, but it was famous for its, uh, its Tom and Jerry and its punch yeah. as much as for its oysters yeah. at, at Sandy Welch's. So, you know, you would those, those things tended to go together. And I think people forget that, I mean, New York really was a maritime city. I mean, we were... Oh, so much more than now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were all about shipping. We were all about yeah. ships. I mean, this was like a major port. On New York Harbor today, if you like take the Staten Island Ferry, yeah. which is free and is, is a beautiful ride. Uh, and... Uh, you go out on the harbor and you'll see maybe four or five other boats, right. maybe ten, you right. know, uh, in during your twenty-minute ride. <laughs> and if you went in uh, eighteen eighty or even you know eighteen hundred, yeah. there would have been two or three hundred boats. Oh yeah, it would have been just packed. Oh there yeah, there would have been boats everywhere. Yeah, ships coming in. Uh, even you know, in the first part of the twentieth century, there might be like. Uh, massive Navy battleships going up to the Brooklyn Navy Navy Yard, going oh, under yeah. the Brooklyn Bridge. That's why the Brooklyn Bridge is so tall, right. is uh, is uh, you wanted ships to be able oh, to go yeah. under it. And so that's why they had to build them so high off the water. Oh, yeah. You know, wherever there's ships, there's waterfront. Oh, for sure. And whenever there's waterfront, there's bars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
all these sailors going all around the world, drinking different things in different ports. Sailors are always thirsty. They're going around. They're trying things. They're bringing stuff back. Uh, there's the Ear Inn, right, on the far west side of Tribeca. Yeah. is uh, not always been a bar, but it has been a bar in the past and is a bar now. And that's, uh, you know, right on the waterfront. And that's still got a, a serious waterfront vibe, even, even though oh, yeah. that neighborhood is so gentrified. It is. And some of the people in there are like fashion models. Oh, but there yeah. are also some pretty rough and tumble types yeah, in there and, still. And the neon sign and the way that it looks, it's like yep. right off of like a the pulp, way they, the, it's like a pulp novel cover, yep. you know, like a film noir. You know, yeah. you expect to be in some kind of Stanley Kubrick, you know, uh, yeah, Killer's Kiss or something. It's still got some of that, a oh, little yeah. bit of that. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, uh, Montero's in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Down by the waterfront is a pretty legit sailor's dive. That Last time I was in there, there were a couple, uh, it was during Fleet Week, and there okay. were a couple, a couple of sailors oh, in yeah. white. And they looked, know, they looked was, very... It was amazing. I was like, wow, you guys are like straight out of Central Casting, <laughs> you know? It's like... This looks very authentic. Yeah, they they went to the sailors bar, <laughs> and, and and that was is that part of the last bit of like Red Hook's like Portuguese like uh, history or not really? No, I think it's it's uh, well it's it's on Atlantic Avenue, so oh, it's yeah. not quite in Red Hook. Yeah, but it's it's definitely part of the waterfront yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Brooklyn. You yeah. know the the and it was uh, a lot of Spanish and Portuguese. Oh, yeah. the Long Island Bar, which is sure. now one of the famous cocktail bars in uh, in New York was originally a, a Spanish diner, yeah, yeah. Hispanic. Uh, yeah. And they, they were, I think, from Spain. Oh, yeah, yeah, two sisters, maybe. Yeah, and uh, and their husband, uh, well, the husband of one yeah. of them. And Sonny's, obviously. The, yeah. And that's... That's down in Red Hook. Yeah. That's an old waterfront yeah. dive yeah. that became an art bar just right. because Sonny, who came from waterfront dive people, right. actually liked art. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was his bar, goddammit. Yeah. He didn't do what he wanted with it. And he and his family owned the building. So who cares? Well, that that sort of saves another bar too. One of our favorite bars in the world is McSorley's. Yeah. You know, and on, and I, I guess now uh, the East Village. I mean, until somebody yeah, I mean, comes it's up across with a new, from fancy new buildings. I was going to say, there's, uh, I'm not sure if that if it really counts when there's like a Rem Cool House building, you know, or around know. the around the corner, and you know, there's this and that star architect. You know, it's no longer a working class neighborhood. No, no. no. It's the type of thing where, like, if you fell asleep for a long nap inside McSorley's and you reemerged, you'd have no idea where the hell you were. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything would be different. Exactly. All the buildings are different. All the businesses are different. Right, exactly. All the people it's are different. It's the only last thing. And part of it is, is they own the building. Yeah. And that, and that. And they've been, you know, they've been there in the same, not quite the same family. They had a couple right. shifts of ownership, but they were, like, within their social circle. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, carefully chosen. Since... 1854 is the year that's given, and it's not far off from that. And what's funny is that I think it's both the bar and also the old ice chest came off of a schooner. Mm-hmm. Like they, the original owner, like yeah. to save money, bought fixtures kind of like you know people do now, like auction. But again, talking about New York's maritime roots, it's yeah. literally they bought it off of an old yeah. ship like to save money. Yeah, I mean, you know, they came on a ship, they right. bought it, they bought it. Uh, You know, everything went through the harbor. Oh, yeah. And people uh, had a strong orientation to it. Oh, yeah. There aren't that many places where you can say somebody like Lincoln and Houdini and God knows whoever else came through McSorley's. And drank beer. And drank beer. Because that's all you could drink there. It was a beer house. Right. And it's still a beer house. Those those tiny mugs of beer. Yeah. Oh, they were bigger back then. Right. 
A fist but, of yeah, a fist of dark or a fist of light. That's yep. the, only two varieties. Uh, I don't know how they carry so many of those pint glasses. You know, they'll carry yeah. like you know. I'm like certainly not in my hands, time. but yeah, no. the, in I each know. fist they can. You know, the place is as close to unchanged as a yeah. place can get. I mean, with uh, I, I've been drinking there since the late '70s, and that's a long time ago now. Yeah. Uh, I've been drinking there for 40 years, more than 40 years, and I'm not that old. I'm 58. So. I was going to say you're probably one of the younger yeah. people at certain yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, and uh, you know it has changed very little yeah. during that time. I, there's now I think a TV that they roll out on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Although nobody ever goes. I always want to go. Yeah, I think maybe this year you and I have to go because it's the one time a year there's literally nobody in McSorley's. There's such a rarity. I know. It's and amazing. It's, they close early because nobody ever shows yeah. up for Super Bowl Sunday. will go. No, why would they go there? You and I yeah. will go. We'll have beer. Yeah, we'll have beer. We'll, we'll eat cheese and crackers. Some saltines. A sleeve yeah. of saltines. This is uh, the remains of the free lunch. You exactly. Know, you, you have to pay for it, but not much. Grilled cheese, I think yeah. they'll make if they're in a good yeah. mood. If not, they'll make a cheeseburger or like a liverwurst sandwich, which I've never been brave enough to eat, but... Um, uh, I've seen people eat it. I've seen it. I, yeah. I've seen it. Uh, I've, I've, seen, uh, I've had friends of mine order it. <laughs> <laughs> I get the chili, which is yeah. also a little, takes a little bit of bravery, yeah. but uh, is, is pretty good. Yeah. There there was a guy named Rafe Bartholomew wrote a book. His, his father has been working there for, yeah. I, I think, since the 60s. And, you know, the, after I read some of the memories about their kitchen made me... Um, more inclined to eat before I got yeah. there. <laughs> I uh, stick probably with the crackers I, and cheese. I don't know. I, I, I've been eating there since forever. I and, guess. Enough, and it hasn't enough. killed me. <laughs> yes. I don't think I've even gotten sick from it. No, so. no. Enough uh, beer will be fine. Yeah, enough beer. Exactly. Well, the funny, but, uh, Yeah, go ahead. The funny thing there is that, like, that old dice chest, like, literally they used, like, they still use it, but yeah. they used to use it for food. And then the health department was like, it's not exactly, it doesn't keep a consistent temperature <laughs> no, for the big cheese. Of course cheese. it doesn't. It's like 150 years old, this <laughs> yeah, thing. But now expect? they use it to keep like, you know, the soda and all yeah. the canned goods. Yeah, because you know, they don't. But it's kind know, of amazing. I mean, it's like, you know. They don't serve bottled beer there. No. They, they served bottled Guinness for a while as an experiment, I remember. How did that go? Uh, people ordered it occasionally. Yeah. And they just said to hell with it. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of the different kinds of bars yeah. you have in New York. Uh, back uh, in the 1860s, 1870s, the uh, Brooklyn Eagle did a kind of a list of the different types of bars. And that was a pretty big paper. Yeah, it was that a was, big paper. Was, I mean, it Brooklyn was, was its own city. Yeah, then. it was its it own was... city, and that was its number one paper. Yeah. And uh, it talks about uh, there was the, the Shades. And the McSorley's huh. is the Shades. Okay. It's a place where you do your drinking at tables, mostly. I've never heard this term and, before, uh, but And you drink mostly it. beer. Yeah. It's an English thing. Okay. And it was named after a bar in London, the Shades. Huh. And, uh, and everybody was a open, copy. But yeah. You know, everybody was kind of a copying on that. Right. And so you'd have... The, and there was the famous Shades on Thames Street in New York hmm. uh, behind... Uh, Liberty Church and, you know, down there. Sure. Uh, down uh, in lower Manhattan. And that had been open since the 1830s. And McSorley's comes, you know, 25 years later. And it's pretty much a Shades, and it's still a Shades. And that was, you know, the Shades, you might be able to get, like, some roast beef or, you know, a little bit of simple English-style yeah. food and drink beer at a table. Right. They might have occasionally spirits. Uh, then there was the uh, hotel bar 
you sure. know, fanciest of the fancy. Everything, oh, yeah. you know, like like top grade. Like, uh, like the Hoffman House? or Yeah, or, the Hoffman House, uh, the Astor House, oh, yeah. uh, which was down uh, across from City Hall. And the Hoffman House was around Madison Square Park. Yeah, it was on right? Madison the, Square Park. Which was pretty, yeah. and, and Madison Square Garden was originally there, too. Yeah, it was there, too, exactly. Yeah, hence the name. You'd had the uh, French-style cafes okay. where you'd sit at tables and right. drink wine. Uh, mostly champagne was the wine that people mostly drink. Doesn't sound bad to me. And you might have, uh, you know, little uh, glasses of brandy and things yeah. like that. And that would be waiter service. You'd also have coffee and things right. like that. And they had those in New York. And then you had what they what, what they called was the American bar, which uh, was a stand-up bar, no bar stools, and that's where you drank cocktails. Right. You never lingered at those places. The American bar, right. you'd go in, you'd have a round of drinks, maybe three rounds of drinks, two or yeah. three. Uh, you know, you, whoever you were with, you'd buy a round, and then out you go. Kind and of, you'd drink those standing up. Kind of like the Italian espresso bar, like in yeah. Italy, where you yeah. go in, exactly. have an espresso, bang it down, yep. leave. Yeah, and you'd go out, and, and these things were open all day. Right. And uh, you'd go in and have your cocktail at 8 in the morning right. and then go to work. Sure. <laughs> Which is, you know, I'd work in an office if, <laughs> if I could do that, too. <laughs> it was before you had to uh, to talk on telephones right. to uh, people who weren't right there in front of you. Sure. It was before uh, you had to operate any kind of office machinery. Right. Right. It was uh, before streetcars were uh, mechanized. And it was a different world. It was a different sure. world. Where, where do you think, like, the Delmonico's of, like, that world fit in? Like, was that sort of that like... was uh, That was kind of like the hotel bars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very fancy, you know. Yeah. Best of everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, those places you might... They had tables along with the, uh, yeah. the stand-up bar. Yeah. But if you drank at the bar there, you would stand. Yeah. Nobody had bar stools. Huh. The only, you know who had bar stools was oyster bars because you were eating. <laughs> Okay. And uh, bar stools and uh, soda fountains. Yeah. Because it was for, they were, you know, for uh, ladies and kids also. Ladies weren't supposed to be strong enough to be able to stand at a bar. They had delicate constitutions was the theory. People, people have always been extremely yeah. stupid. Um, <laughs> but anyway. We associate things like oyster houses with New Orleans and, yeah. you know, uh, other cities. Oh, New York had so many. And we were pulling them right out of the harbor. Oh, yeah. Which is a little terrifying. <laughs> well, now. Now. Yeah. Well, even then, I mean, yeah. where did all the sewers drain? <laughs> in bars like that, you would have stools. And after Prohibition, it was all bar stools. Yeah. Because I, I think everybody went over to Europe and saw the Europeans always had stools at their bars. And we forgot. I mean, like, we We forgot. We forgot everything. I yeah, mean, we so forgot we're... everything. We learned it all from Europe. <laughs> exactly. And the, Europe, the Europeans, it was all the game of telephone. Yeah. You know, the Europeans learned it from us. And then we learned it from them. And so we kind of did everything a little bit differently after Prohibition. And I imagine the speakeasies were kind of like a hodgepodge of both. Like some of the the fancier ones were kind of club-like and, you know, had tables and looked like restaurants or bars or private clubs. And like the down and dirty ones were... You didn't want to linger. I mean, it was well, that was the other kind of of, yeah. uh, of of bar that that we haven't really talked about is uh, dive bars, of which New York always had very many. Oh yeah, uh, New York City was not the inventor, as far as I can tell, of the word of the term dive. I think. Oh that, right. That goes to Buffalo. And we have a whole previous episode all about yeah, the dive bar. All about that's... the dive bar, but uh, New York had lots of dive bars. Oh yeah. There were places, uh, waterfront ones like Jimmy the Priests. There was one of the models for Eugene O'Neill. Iceman Cometh. And the Iceman Cometh. And that was a pretty 
rotten bar. Uh, <laughs> and they finally closed in uh, around 1918 because uh, they uh, killed four of their uh, residents with, uh, with uh, methanol poisoning oh. by buying uh, bootleg liquor that was uh, not correct. <laughs> and it wasn't bootleg because it was illegal. No. It was just they were getting it because it was extra cheap. Oh. Yeah, and uh, four of their guys died. There were a lot of places like that, these yeah. just rough waterfront, waterfront joints. Yeah. Or, and, you know, not all of them were as unscrupulous as that one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were just, you know, they were just low to the ground. I yeah. mean, they were places for people who didn't have a lot of money to yeah, drink. Yeah, or sailors coming in and out, yeah, you I mean, know. But one of the drinks... Which is sounds awful today because it was awful. This stuff called um, mild ale, which was uh, not mild ale; it was stale beer uh, mixed oh. with uh, what they called a mulligan. And the mulligan was oh. something you kept in a bottle behind the bar, and it was there to disguise the taste of the stale beer. Yeah, I, I tried making some once. I followed a recipe and I pried a couple nails from the floorboards of my house. My house is old enough to have iron nails right. because you'd put a couple iron nails, oh. a splint of pine wood, uh, some gin. You got this recipe from Harry Potter? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's yeah. from the potions master. Yeah. And then you'd fill it up with stale beer. Oh, and hot sauce. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this, you know, before in an earlier episode yeah. about sort of the great American whiskey myth, this idea that like what people were drinking. Yeah, they were you know, drinking. Yeah. A hundred years ago was amazing. And the same thing I think is with cocktails too, or yeah. you know, in these proto New York bars, you know, you know, it's been so fetishized and mythologized that yeah. like if people think that it's this were these amazing bastions of cocktails. And in the dives they were drinking stale beer with like with iron and pine, yeah, in it, you I mean, know, just, it's like just because or what that was for whiskey or yeah, for, exactly because they were poor, yeah, and that's what you could get, you yeah. know. And it was, I mean, there's no disguising it. New York has always been a a, a pretty rough, insensitive town. Yeah. It's like you know, well, the rich people in New York, uh, you could get the best of everything. <laughs> right. The poor people, mm. you know, I've read certain accounts of like bars in like the five point section, which yeah. is, you know, the was the poorest. Yeah, and rough. Most rough, but like, you know, are we romanticizing them? You know, sound fun with dancing and music, you know, but they're also pickpockets and, yeah. you know, murderers. I mean, they, and, if you couldn't pay your tab, you'd be thrown out naked on the street. Right. Well, I mean, you know. Something. Then what? Right. <laughs> and if it's winter, so what? So what? Right. You didn't pay. You right. know, we took your clothes. Right. Because you you owed us money. <laughs> you shouldn't have had those extra four cocktails. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting that it you know somehow over the next two hundred years, give or take, yeah, turns this all of these different types of bars and bartenders and drinks somehow turn into this idea of like a. New York bar, you know, and yeah. this, you know, this, uh, you know, I don't know, Irish bartender and, you know, kind of like a, like a more gritty cheers almost. You yeah. Know, where yeah. So they're supposed to be gruff and warm, exactly. warm hearted. Right. And, you know, they weren't always that warm hearted right. back in the day. <laughs> there was a lot of fighting in bars too, which yeah. uh, even more than now. Oh, for sure. Uh, there was a lot of fighting. Uh Fighting and gambling and vice. Yeah, gambling, and, prostitution everywhere. I mean, all types of crazy all, stuff all types is of crazy happening stuff. in bars. I, I yeah. Just, it's just, I think it's funny how we've, you know, this idea of a New York bar has evolved and sanitized in many ways to, you know. It's, it's true. Like, 
coach from Cheers, you know, the sort of kind-hearted, yeah, yeah, older. gruff. Gruff, but but with a heart of gold. And a towel, a bar towel yeah. over his shoulder, you know, yeah. ready to help you, you know, if you really need it. But until that moment, he's not going to step in. <laughs> he's not going to throw you out naked on no, the street no, in January. No, no, He'll take you in. He'll take yeah. you and feed yeah, you he's, and he's gonna, pack your wounds and feed you soup, you know. He's going to take your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Give you, you know, tough advice yeah. you know, that you don't want to yeah, hear. No. They, were, they didn't do that. Yeah, I don't know if that ever existed. No, but, not uh, really. Maybe if you were a millionaire. <laughs> Uh, uh, they knew that you were good for your the tab. Yeah, Delmonico's or the Fifth Avenue Hotel where the bartender knew you, but only if the bartender knew you. Exactly. Because there's plenty of accounts of people getting kicked out of those (laughs) places, too. (laughs) And they they weren't, you know... Out of the back door, but still. Yeah, Yeah. but bounced. Bounced out of the back door, not out of the front door. Oh, uh, New York. Well, I can't wait to see what, what comes next. There's always I something know. next. I know. There's always something next. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be, you know, in 100 years, people will be talking about, you know, places like PDT and Death & Co. as being a centuries old. Uh, hopefully some of the bars that we know and Some love, of these bars are going to survive. Some of them will hold on, hopefully, yep. for, for decades, if not uh, Some of them will eventually longer. buy their buildings. Exactly. And then uh, they'll... Through some kind of miracle. Through some kind of miracle, and they'll pass yeah. them on to their kids. Right. And... Uh, They'll continue. I mean, yeah. statistically, some of them have to. Somebody has to. Somebody, Somebody has to. One of them has I don't to. know who it's going to be, but right. it's going to be awesome. Well, if anybody's listening to this 100 years from now, uh, hopefully uh, yeah. some of these Let bars, us know. Let us know. <laughs> have, go to the bar. Have a drink for us. Yeah. Uh, Host old New York. Tell Francine Cicchini that uh, her great grandfather ran a good bar. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers. Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. 